Welcome to the CF Exchange Zone. I'm Nick Groover. Today, joined by Sprints and Jumps coach Matt Sheehan. Good morning, good evening, good whatever time of day it is for you. Thanks for having me. A little insulted you didn't call me legendary, but hey, only in my mind. Well, hey, you know what? That's the way it goes sometimes. So let's preview the beginning of the season so far. What are your thoughts on the first two weeks? So I will say that we constantly find ourselves, and I'm speaking for me and Coach Motel because we work together a lot in terms of sprints and jumps, and we constantly find ourselves at the end of practice or the middle of practice looking at each other going, they're working really hard. This is really fun. It's a bunch of great kids who really want to get better. So it's been a really fun time. It's been a little tough. It seems like every Wednesday is raining cats and dogs. So we don't always get a great practice in. It's been a weird wet start. But I think we're hitting our spot and our flow where we need to be that our kids are going to see the fruit of the labor pay off and their times and their distances go better. Well, I mean, I would totally agree with that. Our kids, Wednesday, I had to change our workout Wednesday because our kids wanted to run further. So it's one of those types of situations. And top to bottom, it seems like that's what's going on. So we'd love to see that. Yeah, and I feel like I got so many young kids that haven't, they ran modified, but I mean, we're, you're looking at almost two years of no running track that they are so excited to be there. It's just awesome. Every day I'm excited and I find out another athlete who cares and wants to get better. Yeah, and distance-wise, we have one senior, Anthony Schultz, who this is his first year doing track. So it's not like we have a ton of experience coming back, really. So to have that sort of work ethic and that team culture early on, I think speaks volumes to the direction we're going in. And it's like we've talked before, that was kind of the year off from COVID. That's what hurt us the most, I think. I mean, it was really unfortunate for the kids who couldn't compete. But from a program, we were really, two years ago, we had a really good season with a lot of young kids. And... That's what really hurt. We were really building in the correct direction. And going to this year, we didn't really know what to expect as coaches, but it's been uh, it's been pretty much an A-plus, I would say. I would agree. And last year, I remember we did one week, and I remember we ended the week, and we all looked at each other and said, that might have been the best track week. And that I mean, was, between us, we got to have 40 combined seasons. We all said, might have been the best season start we've ever had. It, it was the best first week we had. I still remember sitting in the classroom. I kept the seniors after on Friday. And I said how good of a first week it was between the experience we had coming back, the talent we had, and we just outlined that we were going to have this tremendous season. And then that was the last time I saw them that year. Yeah, I, I feel like I remember the moment. And now I'm looking back and thinking this year, like, I kind of expected to be a little hodgepodge and it's almost the opposite in terms of the culture of the kids. They're more into it than I ever expected. So I'm excited. I completely agree. And not that we don't have confidence in our kids, but... We didn't know what to expect going in, and so far we've passed with flying colors. Not even from the competing standpoint, just all of the quote-unquote off-the-track type things, which is what's got to happen before we can do well anyway. So in that regard, I think it's been great. We're entering week three coming up. We've had two dual meets. First meet in 22 months at Binghamton. Talk about, we'll start with things that impressed you, caught your eye, the first meet we had in 22 months. So I'll be real honest. First thing that impressed me is that Binghamton had all their equipment out. Because <laughs> it was literally like the second week. Half yeah. their team was probably running, was playing other sports. Well, it was really it was really the first week that everybody was there. So this yeah. is week, this is day two. Yep. Really. Day, day two day of two for, track and field, spring track. I was just, it's day two of it being only spring sports. Right. And so I give kudos to Binghamton, which is where I used to coach. So, I mean, it was nice to go back there. 
to see the sand was still good. Um, surprises there, plain and simple. I have to say that Dubs jumping 39 was not expected. I thought he was going to jump 37 and maybe have a couple like consistent ones. He jumped 39, three of his four jumps, looked strong. And then he went 18, six and long, which was even more surprising to me. Right. I was shocked about that. And it gave me just like this feel like, hmm, if he keeps doing what he's doing, which he's been doing, he puts mm-hmm. in the work, he could do something special and do something really special this year at a big meet when time comes. I, and I think that the biggest thing that athletes sometimes it's hard to wrap their head around is you're in a normal year. You are not going to start the next year where you left off. You're not going to start in week one, two, three, four, where you ended in week 10, 11, 12. I had a lot of the distance kids saying, like, what do you think we're going to, like, what's the expectation? What do you think we're going to run? And I, for the first time, I said, I truly have no idea. This is a completely uncharted situation. Which you didn't have it written down in some, like, crimp notebook like you usually do? I did not. I did not. Went in with really no expectations other than to kind of shake the rust off and get a meat under our belt. And we just had some awesome performances. Uh, Piper Reed ran a PR, who's, she's won the section before, ran a time that was faster than her two class championships, faster than the year that she won the section, which uh, to me is crazy. Our 1500 runners, crazy. So all the returners we had, because like we said earlier, a lot of fresh faces. It's not like we have a ton of, if we added up the years of experience with the athletes, it's pretty low, a lot of new faces. So didn't know what to expect in that regard, but even our returners, again, pass with flying colors, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I was shocked. Like, I I was shocked at how many kids were there and what they did. And like, I kept looking over, and we were really controlling some events. And I thought that was awesome. But the other thing that I thought was interesting was like, you just hit the nail on the head. I never expect a jumper in the first meet in April to be as far as they were the previous or two no. years ago May. And we had that happen. Like, I did not again. So I talked about Dubs. Same thing with Gianna Lawrence. Did mm-hmm. not expect her. To come out and go 34 feet. I mean, that she, she didn't go 34 feet when she was in the, when she took what was technically second in small school to not make the state meet two years ago. Right. So like to do that there in an unpressured situation with like just a fun was amazing, which just says where we can be at the end of the season. Absolutely. And from a distance standpoint, we had four girls running the 400, swept the uh, three girls, swept the 400. Audra ran close to her PR in the open eight. So just things that would not have expected going to that meet. On the same note, you got to think too, first meet this year isn't like first meet in previous years. First meet in most years is what, week four, week five maybe? I was just going to say, usually at first meet, I'm not worried about kids being able to finish a 200. Like they're, they're not, they weren't even in a track shape. I don't, I mean, people say they're in shape to come out of another sport, but like I went and saw a national speaker one time and he made the joke. He's like, you can be in any sport you want. Track shape is different than other sports. Just like soccer shape is different than track shape. Like the thing about track is you don't often in any other sport sprint for 30 seconds straight. Right. Or run as hard as you can at a maintained pace for 10 minutes and 38 seconds. And and I want to save part of this to talk about when we preview the Norwich meet in a second here too, but... Even when we're going to talk about that meet, we had we usually have more weeks of practice than we had days of practice this year before the first meet. I agree. So, so good things happened at Binghamton. Good things. Uh, and one more quick thing. Uh, Sansev, Coach Sansev, doing great things with the throws down there. Ethan, yeah. a 34, 34, 8, 34, 6. It was in the 34s. First time 
out after just a couple days of practice. Uh, that's going to be... He won, too. He won. So, I mean, yeah. let, let's be clear. There's Looking at your numbers, and there's also just the end of the day, did you win and score the five points for the team? He did. Right. There's no right. questions, no ifs, ands, or buts. He took first. He owned that event. So that was awesome. I agree with you on what you just said. So great. Oh, thanks. I don't hear that very often from you. So that's yeah, that good. Yeah. Purposely, Excellent. I said it. And it's rec- for once, you can say it's recorded. It's on. It's on the audio. We'll play it back frequently, I'm sure. Well, you can play it back for yourself when uh, you need to. So going into the Norwich meet, uh, specifically, I-, I would say top to bottom. I'll let you talk a little bit more about the sprints and jumps. But at least for the distance kids, like I said, I think top to bottom had an even more surprising day, in my opinion. And uh, things that really caught my eye, Quinn Sergani won the 15. She dropped 20, 23 or 25 seconds from the week before. Uh, that's a lot of time in any race. It's a lot of time in that race, especially. Uh, all, th- all three 1,500 runners had PRs, and right off the bat, off to a really good start there. Yeah, and so I look at that meet, and I, was, I have no problem saying this and you, on the record. Our jumpers didn't bring their A game mm-hmm. right away, but you have off days, and we learn from it, right? right. When you don't do well, you got to figure out what you got to do to improve. But our sprinters, we had some things, surprises there. Yeah. The kids do great. And I mean, then I look at it, and I guess am I wrong? But didn't Ethan win shot put again? Uh, two for two. Two, two for, for two. two. Bennett Bennett won discus. So we won so. both the throws, which you know, forks we should be. It's who we are, and mm-hmm. we, but that was a great thing to see happen. But the Norwich meet, what was interesting was seeing our kids figuring out what events, and we had a lot more kids who weren't at the first meet do new events. So like I look yeah. at just looking, I can't find, can't even count how many times I'm looking at a kid and explaining to them how you go from one event to the other. And then I realized, oh yeah, they haven't been at track in two years. So when you talk about a junior who didn't run as a freshman, they honestly, it, they're, they're like running with a freshman. So it's been an interesting time, but our kids are handling it and making big things. The other thing I'd say, I don't know how you felt, but four by one boys. Uh, f- felt good about the four by one boys. You and I had four relay teams that practice what the day before, right? Monday? Yeah, well, we spent like fifteen minutes. Yeah, so we had we had the two varsity, two modified relay teams. Coach Shane and I had them on the back stretch practicing handoffs for maybe fifteen minutes. And as you know from coaching those events, not the easiest thing to get the baton around the track, even for experienced varsity kids. Yeah, and you know, and I will say, watching them run, I was really happy with the handoffs. Because, it, yes, they got it around the track, which I'll be honest. Every time I coach a 4 by one that's like that That minute is a pit in your stomach. Absolutely. Will it, go, will it get all the way around? 100%. But more importantly, they didn't have what I'd call like modified handoffs either. They didn't no. stop. And, like, the baton never stopped, which is a testament to those kids and how they paid attention. They picked up on it. And, I mean, the time was – I don't know what it was off the top of my head. But here's 50, the deal. I think it was 50.8, 50. 50.6. Uh, under 51. Yeah, so it's under 51. But they're going to run 48, 47 this year with no problem. And who knows? If they can get some some click in their step, they might go after some important times. So it's nice to see that. And it's nice to have something to think about and get that team going in that direction. So I was really happy with that. And That was I, good. And that was what? That was – I was down the second exchange zone. That was – that was Tommy Hillis to Dubs to Anthony to Carmine, right? Yeah. That was the team. Yeah. Yeah. So and it was great. And I mean, and Anthony and Carmine had whole whole seven minutes to work on their handoff. Right. We had a different plan before that. And Anthony and Dubs got theirs worked in. But like, it's just, we got to that moment and it worked out great. And then also, I, I will say I was at that meet and I thought we saw some kids, girls sprint. And I think we got a girls four by one once we get them all together. And hopefully Monday we'll be working on some handoffs and we'll all get to see that on 
uh, Tuesday. Maybe I'm jumping ahead and telling people what happens next. We have a meet Tuesday, people, in case you were wondering. <laughs> well, you touched on this a little bit earlier. The, the weird, and this is just me, one of the weird things about me as a coach, The one of the biggest struggles has been not having like the classroom time we normally have. And that's where we usually go over logistical stuff. What happens in a meet? How you go from, I'm gonna, what made me think of it is we're talking about Anthony Schultz. Anthony Schultz went from the four by one to the open four, and because the officials ran the order in the wrong way, had even less time than he normally would. Yep. So he went four by one, they ran the guy 16, Anthony Schultz, boom, right back on the track. Lot to ask of someone if you haven't gone over ahead of time, logistically, how your events are going to work that day. So I just want to make sure I understand what you said. You miss that you don't get to talk as much as you talk? Correct. Okay. That, Correct. Is that why we have a podcast Correct. now? That's you why we're talk doing it. A little more to that, was really, that was really the secret formula there. So the catalyst. I agree with you. And now we're moving into next week. Mm-hmm. What do you well, What well, do you got in the hopper? I, you know what? I want to recap a couple things here real quick that we that we missed. Uh, girls, four hundred runners all ran PRs. One through four, four PRs. That was great. Audrey ran the fifteen and then came right back in the four and ran pretty darn close to her PR. So that was good. We missed. Thomas Kapnis. I was TK, just thinking that. Big TK with the TKO in the hurdle races. Uh, two for two on the day. Yeah. 110, 400 hurdles. Uh, looked good. Uh, and here, and this is what I would say. And you being a sprint jump coach, I think this, you would maybe be able to speak of this more. Sometimes early in the season, you care more about how somebody looks than maybe the time they ran. I would agree. you agree with that? No, I totally agree. He's a kid. Like, he looked good to me. I don't even know. I, I wasn't on the finish natural. line. I don't even know what time he ran, I, but watching as him. As I sit here, I have no clue still, but here's what I know. He will run a time at this year at some point that we all look at each other and go, did he just run that? Like, I won't right. be shocked when we get to the end of the season that he's doing something competitive against people. And he also ran, I mean, let's be honest, 400 hurdles, running them by yourself. Talk about things like that and putting my hand in a meat grinder. Those are things I'd line up on my list. Yeah. 400 hurdles by myself or... Put my hand in a meat grinder. Yeah. I still might take the meat it, grinder. Crushed it. I think you summed that really well. We're going to get to a meet, and he's going to run a time where we just look, and we're like, whoa, where'd that come from? But there's some foreshadowing there with what we saw on Tuesday. So yeah. going into next week, Corning on Tuesday. Norwich is coming back, but since we just had Norwich last week, we're a little bit more focused on Corning. Would you agree with that? Oh, I always love to ignore Norwich. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. Any chance well, you get to ignore him, ignore him. Here's what I like too, and we said I, I think we said at the beginning of this episode. Maybe we said it in the trailer. Number one, uh, maybe not number one. Maybe number one or number two goal for doing the podcast is so we can explain a little bit more about the sport and kind of what happens. Num- number two goal. Number, number one was for you to talk. Yeah. Yep. Number, number one goal. Two, which so we, I think we've accomplished track a little more. Right. We've accomplished that pretty pretty well. So number two, moving on to our second goal. When you have a meet with Corning. That is very different when you're school like Shingo Forks. You want to talk about, well, you want so, to touch on that? So, I mean, sports are broken into divisions and the divisions are broken into the size of the schools. So Corning, which is the largest school in our section versus Shenango Forks, which we're, don't get me wrong. We're not as small as like a Harpersville or a deposit, but Forks graduates about 115 students. Yep, Corning graduates about 630. Mm-hmm. So if you were just to say for every... 15, we'll do 20 because it's easy math. There's a stud athlete in the school. We have five per grade. They have 30 per grade. Yeah. So they should have better athletes in time and things like that. And Corning's a school that they care about track, so they got some They're athletes. They're a huge track school. Uh, 
huge running community. They've got the wine glass marathon up there. I, it's super, super. But the interesting thing is we got a chance. We and have a chance. I don't know how many years you can come back and say, hey, we uh, went in a dual meet against Corning as Shenango Forks and beat them. I mean, you could probably point to the year. I don't know if you remember the year that um, SV boys won stack. You well, have been a little young, whippersnapper uh, time for you. Yeah, yeah. But they did it with five athletes. Five kids yeah. did all their scoring. Right. Every once in a while in a smaller school, you'll see something like that happen. But Corning's school district has won the girls' stack title. Well, I was going to say, I wish last, I... Last 10 years, they've won it seven times. Yeah, right. So, And they don't win it by having five studs. They win it by having no. 30 kids who can score. You right. Know, like, all of a sudden, you get to the, the long jump, and they had first, fifth. And then you look at trip, like they just, every event, they have like every fifth place that you don't know about, they somehow got because they just have kids in the race. So right. that's the difference. So as you go to a dual meet, as you know, and I don't know if you want to explain it, I think you should explain dual meet strategy, well, what it comes down to and what we know. Yeah. So, I mean, with dual meets, it's very different because in an invite or the class meet or stack meet, if you win, you get 10 points and mm-hmm. one through six score. In a dual meet, you get five points on a three-spot score. So depth helps you, as you just touched on, depth helps you more in a dual meet than it does an invite. And because of that, you have to do a lot of events. Well, and here's the thing. We know this in dual meets. I mean, we know who's going to take first in almost every event. Right. I ju- it's, I, it's funny you say that. I just said this to the kids this week. It's seconds and thirds that decide dual meets that are close. So we don't know that. And that's the yeah. part that, like, like, I know what's going to happen in triple jump yep. for first place. I don't know who's going to take second. For the, I just for I just said that same thing to the distance kids so this week. I think I that's an that interesting thing. thing to see, and that's the effect that matters. And that's why I think dual meets are more fun anyways. Like, our kids, when they understand it, really understand it, and it makes it fun. So let's, what are you thinking with Corning? Well, so this is... What are going to be some things to watch? Uh, I'm a, so let's just do this. The goal of this was for you to get the parents to know what they're looking for. Sure. Pick three events that they might say, hey, I wonder what happened there. Could t- decide the meet. What do you think they're going to be? Well, all right. So we'll try to spread around a little bit here. Uh, high jump. So in the field, high jump. I think w- they were going to have a lot of... In our defense, we haven't said. We're talking about the girls in this situation. Yeah. The boy, Corning boys well, are stacked this year. Yeah. And it will be really hard for us to take a run at them. Well, yeah. And, but we're gonna, we have some exciting things on the boys' side, too. So yeah. let's start with the girls and work our way into the boys yep. here. So if we're looking at events on the girls' side... For Corning, I think high jump is going to be a big event in the field. Yep. I think our high jumpers are roughly the same as their high jumpers, meaning that could be an event that they sweep 9-0 or an event that we sweep 9-0. And hopefully we don't get swept 9-0. If we do the sweeping, that's great. But at least we could walk away 6-3. That'd be a great day. Yeah, for sure. And then on the track, I think that you could take your pick between the 400 and 400 hurdles. I think it's kind of the same situation where those are going to be close races. And you t- I, I'm so glad you said this about dual meets where it comes down to – it usually comes down – if you win a close dual meet. So there's 141 points in a dual meet if every place uh, if every place scores. So it takes 71 points to win a dual meet. If a meet comes down – by the way, the, the amount of times that a dual meet comes down to 71-70 is crazy. Okay? It just seems like that happens. Mm-hmm. Usually that it meet does come down to a third place here and there. But a lot of times it comes down to the 4x4 four four at the end of the meet. And we're thinking that this might be no different. So that's an event that we're certainly going to – circle on your schedule there yeah i think four by four is a good one i think the open hundred will be an interesting absolutely that yeah i should have time. i had that written down yeah open that could change some things yep which Those, is early too early, early event yep. which could change how much we pivot and attack so sure i agree with the boys i mean i'll be honest i'm gonna dubs you get talked about twice in this one podcast mm-hmm. curious to see how he does jumping against them also right some running and then again that boys four by one our four by one can do something if they put together the right handoffs and the right technique as as we said, 
different meets, you have different goals. And then it might be the same meet, but boys, girls, you have different goals. We're focused on team points on the girls' side in this meet. Boys, we have a lot of good individual things. You kind of took most of mine about what you just said. But boys, four by one. Yeah, well, so boys, four by one. Very excited to see what we can do there. Uh, Distance, uh, Jake has run PRs in both of his meets so far. Uh, I think that he's going to try to drop some time. Anthony, this will be his second meet. He wasn't at the Binghamton meet. Uh, hopefully we'll get his events spread out a little bit more, or at least you know have him now, prepare for that. Or we'll just do three events right know, in a row. We haven't, we haven't made it. We haven't decided races yet. Races back to back yeah, to back. Yeah. I don't even want to we'll race them in. Can we break all staff online <laughs> and just go back to back to back? Right. So a lot of exciting things on both sides. There are different things, but exciting things on both sides. And then we're going to end the week with our first invite. And you want to talk briefly about how an invite is different. So everyone looks at these things differently. And I, my years at Binghamton as the head coach and my years with you guys, we've had the same approach. Invites is where you go from thinking about the team and you start thinking about the individual. So if you got, um, we'll use, let's use Audra, right? Sure. So That's, Audra's yeah. a good athlete who's emerging to become an elite athlete in this yeah. section. You have to be strategic about what you pick. Cause, so let's say she chooses the, you choose to have her run the eight. Mm-hmm. She could run the A against Corning and have no one be her, her challenge. She right. could run away with it. She's guaranteed to run the 800 with people who are within five seconds of her. And when I say people, 10 of them. Right. So then you know she's either going to step up and do better or step back. So huge. Now, like for me in field event world, you go away from this open pit, horrible things to you have a flight, you have an order. You're also, let's not lie, jumping matter like the pit matters so going somewhere where you got like i always like to go to almira because it's like six inches low so you can gain an extra three inches on your jump sure then if you're throwing at windsor and you can throw down the left side of the vector you can gain a foot because it's it's actually downhill yeah like all those tips exist let's be honest so it's neat to see when you're going to this meet to think about that so we're going to look at this meet how can we have some individuals break out so like i'm going to look at two of my athletes on tuesday and say hey you're running four events and you're going to be tired on Friday, they're only doing two events. Right. And those two events, right. they're going to have, they're going to do one, and three hours later, or two hours later, do the other one. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have plenty of time. They should be fresh as can be and ready to go and have no distractions. Where if you're trying to long jump, but you're listening for when the 100 starts, you start worrying about other things. And you described this perfectly, and Audra's the perfect person to kind of lay this out with, is it's why you do four events, four weird events, on the dual meet, and then you do one, maybe two events at the invite. So mm-hmm. let's just take what she's done so far. Binghamton, she ran the four by eight. Then she ran the open eight and the open two. A little weird, but okay. This week, she's going to run four completely different events. And then Friday night, we haven't made a lineup yet, but she's going to do one, maybe two events. So it's three mm-hmm. meets where if you don't know what's going on, you'd be like, what in the world are they going for with those three meets? But that's the that's kind of the method to the madness right there. Yeah, and it's there's and what I always say to people at the end of the day is, what are we doing in June? And that's what the athletes lose focus yeah. on. Like I, I always say to people, like they always want to know that that did they win? And that question is, did you beat your time from last week? Did yeah. you go further? Did you get better? Because that's all you can do. And then once you get better long enough, then all of a sudden you're in meets and you're the person that everyone's like coming to watch. Yes. And then you change this thing. So I'm excited to see what we do this week. It's great to have it our season, plain and simple. And these kids are amazing. So let's see what they can do. Yeah. So from an information standpoint, Corning, home, Tuesday, 4.15 start as of right now. But I don't know if they're going to be able to get there that early. Is it? Did we change it to five? I thought we changed it to five, but I could be wrong. So don't okay. quote me. Well, we got, yeah. That was up in the air as of Friday. So that yep. may be something that we get that 
will be nailed down on Monday. We'll be able to have two spectators per athlete at that event. Then Friday, we'll be at Vestal. No spectators at that meet. But is Jimmy going to stream that? Have you heard? He's got to be. Yeah. They streamed Parker. They, I know they streamed the one last week. So And I will, for you guys, because I like you, and I, I'm not talking to the parents. I'm just looking right at the groove here. I like you enough. I'll record a couple of the jumps so you can post them because I know that will be something I want to see. Because the stream will be just a iPad at the top of the stadium. You'll just see the track. Right. So, and I bet you we can talk Frazier and record a couple of the girl, the pole vaulters do their thing because we're sneaky good at pole vault and it's always good to re- recognize that. Absolutely. So, well, that concludes episode one. We haven't come up with a cool sign off yet, unless you have one. Yeah. No. So, all right, that's episode one. We'll be back next week for episode two. Make sure you check out the website. We'll be have a blog post every goal is every Wednesday, and then we'll have the podcast out sometime between Saturday and Monday each week. So until next week, see ya.